Hello and welcome back to Wager Vision. Uh, we have added some sounds to the show. We not yet have an intro, so uh, it's just me introducing uh, Wager Vision to you all. We'll try and get something here pretty soon. I'm terrible at it, as I've said before. Uh, maybe we can get somebody who's good at graphics to do it for us. But I am Boomer here with Wager Vision from Pro Sports Extra. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Live with Boomer. Uh, whoever wants to go next, go ahead and hop in, you guys. And I'm Cameron. You can follow me at Cameron Covers. I'm Jared, and you can follow me at Riggs, R-I-E-G-Z-P-S-E. And we are about to kick off at uh, the whole NFL gambling, but first we're going to rehash a little bit about uh, last weekend's college football opening kickoff. Uh, the three picks I gave out of here, all, two of them were money lines. Neither, Well, Washington looked like they had a shot. Didn't look too great. Michigan looked terrible. And the over-under of my Northwestern went over. Um, but we're, we're all going to rehash some other games. Uh, what did you guys think? What do you think was the best game you saw this weekend? Well, I told you guys I liked Liberty. Not on many people's television sets, but ODU <laughs> was laying six and a half. In Lynchburg, Liberty crushed them 52 to, 52 to 10. And it was... A, a great way for Liberty to welcome themselves into the FBS. It was their FBS debut. And I told you ODU's horrible minus 11 points per game average last season was going to catch up to them. Guys, what did you, what did you like from week one of college football? I like the, uh, I think an underrated game this weekend was Penn state Appalachian state. I thought that Penn state was going to come out and just crush them being home. First game home. All the students are pretty much back ready to, ready to roll there. That game going to overtime pretty much surprised me, but Penn State came out with the win 45-38 there. Uh, honestly, I thought the opening weekend was actually pretty bad uh, for how many good teams were playing against each other. I think the only game that was actually really good uh, was Auburn-Washington. Even though Auburn controlled most of the game, it still looked good for a while. Washington stayed in it. There was a lot of hard hitting. Uh, I like the pace of the game. Uh, but I, overall, I thought opening weekend was really bad. Uh, and then, it, you know, we're going into week two of college football. We'll just hit that real quick because there isn't m many good matchups again. Uh, so college football is kind of struggling right out the gate this year, I think. Uh, but one of the main games uh, for the nation, the only top 25 matchup, is USC uh, versus Stanford. Uh, do you guys have any takes on that? Um, not, I haven't done too much research yet on the USC-Stanford game. I'm focusing more on the NFL. But that is definitely – I think USC is uh, ranked 19th and one of them is ranked 17th. I forget which way it goes. So that's definitely going to be a game to watch this weekend. But as you said, you're right. The last weekend was a horrible week for the college football. There was maybe a handful of good games and some of them not even televised. And this week there's really not many good games either coming up. Uh, usually – I'd say usually week four or five in college football when you kind of know who's going to be playing for the playoff is when you really see these games starting to pick up. Yeah, no yeah. action for me week two of college football either. Just running down the, the odds board here, a lot of really crappy matchups. I mean, Michigan's running back against Western Michigan, uh, Wisconsin play, playing New Mexico. Um, just not a whole lot of intrigue on the schedule. Most of those big matchups in week one and then week two, it's pretty quiet in college football. Yeah. I, uh, the only other game I care about, and I'm actually going to be attending, uh, for anyone who is an Iowa state fan, will be over in Kinnick stadium in Iowa city. Uh, Iowa state is visiting Iowa. Uh, they are a four point dog. I think personally, I'm actually a Hawkeye fan, but I personally think that Iowa State is a lock at the plus four. I wouldn't be surprised if they won outright. They have a lot of experience coming back. Uh, Pro Football Focus has their running back actually ranked as the best running back in the nation over Bryce Love. Uh, so his name is Montgomery. He's really good. Uh, they got the same quarterback coming back. Uh, they lost a little bit of defense and one wide receiver. They, their first game got canceled this weekend because uh, of rain and lightning. But I think that hurts them a little bit because Iowa got a game under their belt. But I watched Iowa. They didn't look great. I think Iowa State has a real shot this weekend. I know you guys probably won't watch it, but it will be on 3 o'clock on Fox. 
or four o'clock. So at minus four, the book is telling us that these teams are basically equal. And then, uh, you know, a lot of websites track the cash splits and I'm seeing that the cash is about even on both teams. So, you know, consensus is this is a very tight matchup. Now, when I look at some of the other states in college football that are known for sending great athletes like Alabama, you know, to me, the difference in the level of talent that a, a team like Alabama and say Auburn gets, I don't think it's that big. You know, I know Alabama at this point with all their success, they're, they're scalping the best talent from every state in the country. But when you, no offense, Boomer, I mean, great state of Iowa, is the <laughs> talent level such that these two teams can rely on a pretty similar level, uh, pretty similar caliber of athlete year in and year out? Or, you know, what's the history of the programs uh, oh, no. in that Iowa regard? Dominates, Iowa dominates Iowa State. Iowa is usually yeah. a decent team. They usually make a bowl game. Uh, they won the Big Ten West one time uh, a couple years ago and faced uh, Michigan State in the Big Ten Championship. Iowa's a pretty solid program. They're really boring. Kirk, Kirk Ferentz doesn't really open up the offense. Lull you to death, uh, but a huge home field advantage. It's one of the best places to go watch a game in Kinnick. Um, it's not just my opinion; it's actually been ranked. It's a great uh, thing. They got the Iowa wave where they wave after the first quarter to the uh, Iowa Children's Hospital and stuff like that. I don't know if you guys have heard of that tradition, uh, but Iowa usually dominates Iowa State. But Iowa State has a better coach now. They're starting to get some talent. He opens it up. He does a spread offense. And I just think that they have a really good shot at finally uh, one and one. But yeah, usually Iowa dominates the whole thing. All right, so you guys can catch this game on primetime TV, ESPN. No, uh, so you'll be watching this. I'm guessing on your uh, your local broadcast. Um, and you're saying the key handicap for you is just their style of play, the spread offense. Yeah, I mean Iowa State opens it up completely. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't even know exactly what to say. It's actually prime time on Fox. Uh, the game is. Uh, I'll actually be at it, so I'll be on TV watching it. So maybe you can catch me in the, the stands going nuts like an idiot. Uh, but Iowa State, the <laughs> coach is better, I think. Kirk Ferris has been there for a long time. He's a very tenured coach, but he, he doesn't really change with the times. And I just think Iowa State, I, I definitely think they cover the four. Not going to say they went out right. They almost won last year when Iowa had a better team. Uh, and this year's team not as good as last year, so Iowa State has a real good chance. All right, sounds good. Any other thoughts on the game? Nope. Uh, go ahead. And, uh, go ahead. I was just saying I can't oh, say I've looked too much yeah. the Iowa State game, but I do know Iowa has a nice home crowd. That uh, the wave they do to the Children's Hospital is definitely all over ESPN, and you see the crowd gets really amped up for that all the time. So. Yep. But, yeah, so All right, let's, moving on from college football. <laughs> All right, let's move into the NFL. This is our bread and butter. Um, now, I don't know if any of our listeners are aware, but we're doing the uh, a couple different contests. But what we're going to try and do is, is give out at least five picks each week, just like the Westgate Super Contest. And I'm sure we'll break down more than five, uh, like Boomer said, with the hour show. But let's start with the Thursday night game. Atlanta's plus one at Philadelphia. This game's going off tomorrow night. And the market's opened up with Philadelphia as a four-point favorite, but a lot of money is coming in on Atlanta, pushing that line down. Total's 44.5. And, a half. and I, think, I think most of this line movement is because of how bad Nick Foles has looked in the preseason. Um, of course, the Eagles got shut out playing the Browns in their dress rehearsal, 5-0. to zero. And so people are worried about how Foles is going to play. And then you also have some injuries for Philadelphia. Alshon Jeffrey's not going to play. Matt Collins, their other wide out, he's not going to play. And maybe their best linebacker, Nigel Bradham, he's suspended, not going to play. So I'll leave the floor open to you guys. Are you picking this game in the contest? If not, what's your lean? I'm personally not taking any action on this game. I think it's just – the line dropping so drastically is kind of sketching me out a little bit. I also don't think Nick Foles is anything special. I think he just kind of went with the flow of things last year with Philadelphia's hype. Um, I really don't think Nick Foles is uh, going to have any comparable year to his playoff run last year. And like you said, a few of his top uh, key targets are out. 
Um, he does have Zach Ertz. That's his most reliable target. He loved him last year in the playoffs. But I really just don't see how Philadelphia can win this game. If I were to lean one way, I would go Atlanta. But it is the first game. Philadelphia expecting to probably have a huge crowd, obviously, with uh, uh, Super Bowl banners being hung up. But Atlanta just seems like a firepower offense, and Philadelphia just probably going to have a Super Bowl hangover, like we said on earlier podcasts. Uh, yeah, I agree. I took the Falcons actually earlier. I didn't get them as early as you did at three and a half, but I got them at two and a half. It's all the way down to one and a half, and I money lined them one there at two and a half, uh, just because I think they have a great chance to win. I think they should have beat them in the playoffs last year. I think all in all, uh, especially with Foles in, I think all in all, Atlanta has better receivers, uh, better quarterback in this game. The defense, I mean, Eagles got some new parts, so we're not sure how they're going to gel. They get a new linebacker back who's great in Hicks. Um, but Atlanta's defense is bad either, so I'm going to give the Atlanta, uh, Atlanta the edge. Everybody's going to be coming for the Eagles all year long because of the Super Bowl champs, and they've been overconfident and cocky as hell ever since they won it, so that's going to make people hate them even more. Uh, so I'm definitely going Falcons, and I definitely think they win it outright. I picked Atlanta in the contest that we're doing. I got them at plus three and a half. Plus one, I probably wouldn't take them. I think the value's gone. But, you know, for me, and Boomer, you brought up a good point. These teams played last year in the NFC division round. In Atlanta, they had the ball in Julio Jones's hand on the goal line. I mean, they, they very nearly won that game, uh, a game in which they were uh, laying three points on the road. And now all of a sudden we get Atlanta catching points in the same situation, but they've got revenge. So I, I think all, all of this is lining up very nicely for the Falcons. Um, I I'm definitely forecasting that they're going to win the game. Um, how about thoughts on the total? It's sitting at 44 and a half. Um, that hasn't moved much since the opener. Any thoughts on the total? I think 44 and a half is, that's definitely a pretty close line to what I think. I'm thinking the uh, Falcons are probably going to win this game by a touchdown. Uh, I'm thinking probably 24-17 maybe. So it's, going to be close to that 44 and a half but um i think it could come down to the last few drives philadelphia i think is going to have a shot in the fourth quarter to either tie this game and push it to overtime but i just don't see nick Foles putting up too many points so i would have to lean towards the under in this one um atlanta could definitely atlanta year in and year out could easily put up 30 plus points each game but that all relies on matt ryan throwing up 350-plus yards, and Julio Jones catching for 150-plus. My mistake. Total opened at 47. Now it's down to 44.5. But I, I, I think the key I, with that is we're looking at week one, and with the new CBA, there's not a lot of practice time in the summers. So just in general, I expect lower-scoring games in the first month of the season. Um, not picking the total in this game, but could definitely see somewhere in the range of 27 to 17, as you said, Jared. Uh, Boomer, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? <laughs> uh, I was actually just going to say, I usually don't bet too many over-unders in the NFL. Uh, they're really hard to predict. One week, somebody could, you know, fly way under. Next week, they're way over. Or they're always just in the middle. Uh, usually, Thursday night games, though, go under a lot. Um, but this is the opening Thursday night game. It's not a middle-of-the-week Thursday night game. So, it's not going to matter as much, even though it's the very first game of the year. Uh, I, I won't touch it. I don't like overrunners in the NFL. I like them in college a lot more. So I'm probably going to let that just slide on right by. All right, let's move on to the Sunday afternoon games. Um, first one on my board is Pittsburgh at Cleveland. Uh, Pittsburgh opened as a seven-point road favorite. Tons of money's come pouring in on Cleveland on the Cleveland Browns. Who would have thought they'd be a public team? I, I think money's going to pour in on Cleveland all year. There's just so much optimism which I don't really understand. They've gone 1-31 the last two seasons. And, you know, the only saving grace for the Browns might be that Tyrod Taylor is going to start the season. We'll see how long that lasts. If the losses start racking up, then I think they might yank him and go to Mayfield. Um, and then on the Pittsburgh side, the key story there is Le'Veon Bell probably not going to play in the game. Good thing for Pittsburgh. They've got a very competent running back to replace Bell, James Conner. Uh, Mike Tomlin, all the guys in the Steelers locker room, 
fairly upset at Bell. So let me ask you guys this. Do you think this is a big enough distraction factor, the Le'Veon, Le'Veon Bell situation? Do you think it's going to impact this game? I think it could impact a lot of people's games on on the offensive side of the ball. I saw a few of the linemen actually comment on it today saying that um, if Le'Veon Bell isn't going to be putting out there, putting his all out there, then why should they pretty much? Um, obviously, that's uh, contingent on Le'Veon Bell starting and not uh, James Conner. But you never know with the linemen. They're just now in their mindset is why are they getting beat up every game and their running back doesn't even appreciate them. Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if the Steelers, Steelers would be better off sticking with James Conner at least in game one or going with Bell if he decides to show up. And, you know, I think on one hand, if he does show up and play, obviously Bell's an amazing talent catching the ball out of the backfield. But I think you're right that there's some resentment from the guys along the offensive line. Um, he's not putting himself out there at practice, getting ready to go for this game. And But on the other hand, if he doesn't play, I think that gives the Steelers a very good excuse if they lay an egg here and lose to – I don't think they're rivals, but they're, you know, divisional foes. So, I don't know. Do you think they'd be better off um, with them or without them? I think a person of that – a player of that caliber, it's just you're always better off with them. But, on the other hand, with like with the uh, offensive linemen, the distractions that they're having, you never really know how they're going to go about the game. They might – just want to let his not let the running back get beat up and not put their all out there for Le'Veon this game. I personally, when you have a player of his caliber, you need him on the field at all times. He can change the game in a second. He can break out for an 80 yard touchdown run, or he could uh, go for a nice route and catch a 30, 40 yard pass all the time. But I saw one of the offensive guards actually said to the media today, is a quote from Ramon Foster. He said, he's making seven times what I make, twice as much as Villanueva is making, and we're the guys who do it all for him. I don't know what else he wants from us out here. So there's definitely resentment. Um, that's a really good question you ask, because now it's, if they may just want James Conner out there, and they'll give it their all for them, for him. So you never really know what's going to happen with the offensive line this game. And what we've seen from the Steelers is if there's any position they can draft, it's skill position players, you know, Martavis yep. Bryant, Antonio Brown, James Conner, all these guys, year in and year out, it seems like they're able to replace uh, pass catchers and running backs. Um, I'll make one last point, and then I'll hand it over to Boomer. Uh, I, I, took, I took the Steelers at minus four. I think this is fantastic value. If you look at the head-to-head series between these two teams, the Steelers have dominated the Browns. 31, game, 31 wins, seven losses head-to-head, so I like the Steelers to win by a touchdown, at least, in this game. All right, Boomer, I'll let you have it. Anything else on this game? Uh, Yeah, so what I was actually going to say is I hope people keep betting it down so it goes lower. Uh, For me, the Steelers, I think this is a huge mistake by Le'Veon Bell. I think uh, the Steelers are going to show like they have in the years past that they're just as good without him uh, when he was out for suspensions and injuries and stuff like that. Uh, D'Angelo Williams came in. It was awesome. Uh, it was one of the leading fantasy people in football stats. Everything uh, played great. Now you're going to put in James Conner, who's young, and you're going to give him a huge opportunity to show out in this game. And Le'Veon Bell, I think he's going to devalue himself on the market. I think he took a huge chance here by saying he doesn't want to get used by them uh, before he signs his new deal. You could have came onto the team, practiced and done all that, and just told them, hey, like, I'm not doing 396 carries. You you can put in Connor or whatever, you know, you can do whatever you want, but you got to be around the team. He's made it now cancer in the locker room, like you guys said, with the, the linemen hating on him. How is he ever going to come back in there and feel good or appreciated or anything? Uh, so I think at this point, he's pretty much screwed himself. I think he's given James Conner too much of a huge opportunity, and I think Conner's going to be just fine. I don't think they'll miss a beat. I think the Steelers easily cover the four. Hope it keeps going down. I think the Browns, they got a lot of talent. Uh, you know, it's a new year, but I think they still stumble out of the gates. They actually usually play Pittsburgh for some reason pretty well, uh, but usually that's because the spread's like 13-14. They cover, they cover quite a bit. Uh, but – 
but this year, you know, down to four, I think that's huge. I, I would take the Steelers. I don't think Connor holds them back at all. And one thing we've seen with these players uh, attempting holdouts to get sweeter contracts with their teams is players in the NFL just don't have a lot of bargaining power, right? We're seeing it with Earl Thomas in Seattle. He's returning to practice today. He's going to play. And I, I think the nature of the CBA right now is these players just don't have a lot of bargaining power. And the game of football, you can find you can find talent. You've got a big roster of 53 athletes, and you can scheme up your guys to replace anybody you might be holding out. But let's move on. The next game I have on my board is Buffalo at Baltimore. Baltimore is minus seven at home. The total fairly low at 41. And I have a few thoughts on this game. Biggest one being that Buffalo is going to go ahead and start Nathan Peterman. The Nathan Peterman experiment. And if you look at his career stats, he's been absolutely awful. Two touchdowns, five interceptions, and a 38 QBR. I think this is a recipe for <laughs> All right, love the new sound effects. I think this is a recipe for disaster with Buffalo. They're on the road. They've got a quarterback with very little experience, and they're going against the top five defense. You can just see Terrell Suggs making life hell for Nathan Peterman. I know you don't like Flacco, Boomer. I know that you got it out for him. But he's confident <laughs> enough to lead this team to an easy win over what I think is is bottom three team in the league in the Buffalo Bills. Who do you guys have in this game and why? Yeah, I also have Baltimore in this game. Nathan Peterman is just brutal. He, I think it was last year he threw five or six interceptions in a game against I think it was the Chargers in maybe a quarter or two. Um I have no idea why they would not throw Josh Allen out there considering they've seen what Nathan Peterman can do, and it is god-awful. Um, Joe Flacco has something to prove with Lamar Jackson on his tail after showing off the third and fourth game. So I definitely would just – I'm all over Baltimore minus seven. They're home as well. Um, Buffalo, I agree, is going to be – I think they're actually going to be the worst team in the league this year. They don't have anything really on any side of the ball – Besides LaShawn McCoy, he really gets hurt. Um, each year he's out for two, three, four, five games. You never know. Um, I agree with you. Baltimore is a big-time favorite for me this week. Uh, for me, what I wouldn't think? touch. Oh, geez, something crazy happened. Uh, for me, I wouldn't touch this game. Uh, mine actually says seven and a half, so the hook is in play on this. Uh, I, I don't like either team. I don't like Flacco. I I don't think I don't even understand why you would start Nathan Peterman. That coaching staff, I don't know what it is about loving Nathan Peterman, uh, but it makes no sense. You gotta play Josh Allen since he was your number one pick. There's no way Peterman can be that much better. You gotta let him get out there and get the experience. You can't have somebody who's barely even better than him, if not better than him, play in front of him and learn crappy habits. Like I get it if you have a veteran out there who's good, but you can't have Josh Allen watching this guy chuck it you know, to the other team all game. I think it's stupid. I don't know what that coaching staff's deal is. I wouldn't touch this game because uh, I don't think the Ravens have that much talent either. It'll probably be a really low-scoring, boring game, and that's pretty much what I would put it at. I've got a theory. I, want, I just came up with it. I want you guys to tell me if it's, if it's dumb or not. So Sean McDermott, second year uh, behind the helm for the Bills. The only, the only rationale I can find for them – starting Nate Peterman, who in every game he's played, he's, he's been awful. He, it's not like he's one of these, um, you know, Teddy Bridgewater, um, um, Colt McCoy-type backups that's been competent in his career. Nathan Peterman, he's been awful. So the only justification I can think for starting this guy is he's trying to protect, he's trying to protect his job, right? Because if he goes to Josh Allen right away and the kid's not ready to play, they end up losing 13 games could be out of there. So to me, this feels like he's trying to protect his job a little bit by starting. I mean, Nate Peterman's an absolute stiff. That's the only rationale I can come up with. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if they, if they go Josh Allen and start off 0-4, he's definitely could be on the hot seat right away. But if you go Nathan Peterman, start 0-4, and then throw Josh Allen in there, you can really only go up from there, regardless how many games you win after that. But – I agree with you. That's one of the only good rationales that I could think of for this game or for starting Peterman. All right, moving on. Let's do, let's do Washington. 
my hometown team, Washington Redskins, plus one at Arizona. Game was pick them throughout most of the summer. Now Washington is catching a point on the road. Total 44. I've got an opinion on the total. I'll, I'll let you guys start if you have a pick on the side, and let me know why. I did not have a pick on this game, but um, I don't think Washington is anything special, and I have heard that Sam Bradford has looked really good in preseason. They gave him the starting job. But um, Washington, I think, is a little banged up. I don't know if Chris Thompson is starting. I know he was questionable. I think today they announced that Adrian Peterson is starting. So AP might have something to play for. He's trying to rejuvenate his career. But – um, I, def- I definitely am stick- sticking away from this game, kind of um, up in the air for me. Sam Bradford doesn't have too many options on the offensive side of the ball. Larry Fitzgerald has got to be going into maybe one of his last years, if not his last year. David Johnson is really the only reliable weapon he has. But um, that's really all I have on this game. How about yeah, you, Bruce? I'm going uh, – I actually love the Redskins plus one. I did it in my five-minute yes. contest. Uh, I, I think people are nuts that they're even on the same level. I get Sam Bradford is a good quarterback if stays healthy, but that team around him is terrible. The O-line is awful, so that means he's going to be under pressure and he's not mobile. He has one receiver that's even decent. That's Larry Fitzgerald, who's old. He has a great running back. His defense is old. I mean, Patrick Peterson is old now. Uh, They're doing kind of a zone more this year, so he can play more like he was uh, Richard Sherman. He's not doing all man on. Um, I just just think the Redskins still have a ton of talent on their team. Alex Smith is obviously a winning quarterback in the regular season. Uh, Their defense is pretty legit if people would stop getting hurt. Their offensive line is really good if people would stop getting hurt. I think Redskins could put it all together. I think AP still has juice in the legs, plus they got some a a couple other guys that are going to be coming out of the backfield. I think that this is nuts that they're even close. I love the Redskins plus one. I think most of this optimism for Arizona is the fact that they get um, the running back back, uh, David Johnson, yeah, David Johnson, and also the fact that they won eight games last year, which seems kind of fluky to me. I know they had stiffs at quarterback, but again, if your best receiver is 35 years old and you've got Sam Bradford, who has been unreliable throughout his entire career, I, I don't see the optimism for Arizona. In this game, I'm staying away from the side. I'm actually looking at the total. I love the under in this game, and it's for this reason. Two new quarterbacks, two new systems. It's week one of the NFL. We, we usually see lower scoring games to begin with, and I think there's going to be some adjustment period for both Alex Smith for the Redskins and Sam Bradford for the Cardinals. So I like the under, and I also think that both, both coaches have an interest in getting their running backs involved. Um, David Johnson for the Cardinals coming off an injury, wants to get off to a good start for the season, and then AP on the other side. Uh, playing for the Redskins, you know, limited sample size in the preseason, but he looked okay. And, you know, I think both teams are going to try and run the ball a little bit. And I think we could see some hiccups offensively. I like the under 44. And, you know, there's no totals in the contest that we're playing. So this won't be an official pick, but I'm playing them with, um, um, you know, just as an under pick. Is Chris Thompson officially out? Do you know? So uh, I saw this morning Chris Thompson and the tight end Jordan Reed are both uh, supposed to play. Supposed to play? Okay. Yep. All right. Any other thoughts on the game? Jordan Reed will stub his toe on the way to the game, and he'll be out. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you want to talk about guys who are made of duct tape, like Sam Bradford? Yeah. Jordan Jordan Reed, every single training camp, the sky is the limit. The guy has so much talent catching the football. He's like an acrobat. He's got great balance and vision. He just can't stay healthy, and unfortunately that's one of the most important keys to being successful. But let's move on. Um, The next game I'm interested in is Seattle at Denver. Seattle's plus three on the road, so the market's telling you that these teams are about equal. I'll let you guys start. I have a pretty good – I think I have a pretty good play, and it's actually a derivative. I'm going to be betting the second half. But uh, why don't you start, Boomer? Do you have anything on this game? Yeah, this is actually another one of my picks. Love the Seahawks plus three. 
uh, by far the better quarterback. Broncos defense is decimated with all the trades and stuff like that. They got good, two good pass rushers. That's about all they got. Um, Seattle has Russell Wilson, who I think is he's just outstanding. He never has any receivers. Doug Baldwin isn't anything great, but seems to always work. Uh, they say Chris Carson looked awesome in the uh, in the training camp and everything, and he's going to be the starter over Rashad Penny. Uh, I just I think he's I think Seattle's just way better. I can't believe that they're a dog. I don't know what I mean. Did they not watch the Broncos last year? I don't know how they got any better than last year. I don't think that they did. I think Broncos are set up to have a really bad year. Uh, I like the Seahawks plus three. Jared, any yeah. thoughts on the game? I also like the Seahawks plus three. The only thing that has uh, Denver optimistic, I guess, is their defensive front. They have they just drafted Bradley Chubb. They have Von Miller and their other linebacker, Brandon Marshall. Um, besides for that, I think their offense is pretty brutal. They Demarius Thomas uh, has had an up-and-down years. Same with Emmanuel Sanders. They've never had consistent years back-to-back to cement themselves as a good wide receiver. I also think Case Keenum uh, is not going to play the way he played last year. He's going to have a very down year this year. And I also think now that Earl Thomas announced he's coming back, not sure. I believe he said he's going to play the first game, but I think he's going to come out all pissed off and just show the Seahawks that they really should have paid him, even though he's not going to be playing for the Seahawks after this. He's got something to prove to other teams why they're going why he should get a, a huge contract after this. And like you said, uh, Boomer, the Seahawks are just much more talented all around. Uh, before you go, go Cameron, I go wanted ahead. to say something real quick. I didn't know if you guys saw this report or not, but uh, so far the Dallas Cowboys have offered a second-round pick for Earl Thomas. Seattle said no. I don't know. I, I think Dallas might end up giving something more uh, to get him. I don't know if you guys have heard this, but I think he's going to end up being a Cowboy at some point this year. Was yeah, he on I agree. The last year of his deal, I believe so. Wow, and, and they're they're turning away a second round pick. That's nuts. He might have one year after this, but I believe it was his last year on this deal. All right, let me get into it. You know, a running theme for me is I'm always looking to fade new co- new coaches and new quarterbacks in the first month of the season. Doing it with Buffalo, doing it with Cleveland. And I'm doing it with Denver here. I don't think Case Keenum is going to thrive without all the weapons and the defensive talent he had in Minnesota. So I like Seattle for that reason. Now, one of the theories that people have is that Denver's home field advantage is so good because of, you know, Mile High Stadium and the altitude. Players aren't acclimated to it. And, you know, that makes a lot of sense to me. I dug into this game a little bit, and I found out that Seattle – even last year, even in their disappointing season, failed to make the playoffs, Seattle was the NFL's best second-half team in football. They scored over 14 points per game in the second half last season. I'm taking Seattle in the contest, plus three in the full game, and I'm also betting on them in the second half, plus one and a half, and I think that's a great bet because of those reasons. What do you guys think of my derivative bet? Yeah, I was going to say, Russell Wilson always seems to keep his teams in the game. I do remember last year they were down in many games going into the second half. I have never definitely looked into that stat, but that's definitely interesting you say that. Now I'm going to have to keep an eye on that. And looking back at the games last year, I do remember some games where Russell Wilson takes them back and either comes back in the fourth quarter and wins one or brings them to within one possession game. Yeah, it's one of those stats because – you know, teams that are behind in the second half are naturally going to be throwing more and therefore likely to put up more points. And I I think Russell Wilson is the perfect quarterback for putting up points in the second half. He knows how to play with a crappy offensive line. He's got the wheels, and the defense is more tired in the second half anyways. So I, I just see them being equally productive this year in the latter halves of games. And I think with the departure of the Legion of Boom, their defense isn't going to be there, so they're probably going to be behind, in, be behind in more games. Yeah, that definitely makes sense. And Russell Wilson in the uh, hurry-up offense is one of the best quarterbacks out there. Absolutely. Anything else on this game? I got nothing else. 
All right, let's move on to Cowboys at Panthers. Panthers are minus three at home, 42 and a half the total. I don't have a lot to say in this game. I, I think the line's about right. You know, at minus three, that's saying that Carolina and Dallas, they're, they're basically equal teams. You know, I'm worried about the offensive line for Carolina, but, you know, Cam Newton, he's, he's able to escape pressure. I'm not picking this game in the Super Contest. Um, do you guys have any thoughts on it? I personally also am sticking away from this game. I think the two teams are pretty comparable. Um, both QBs are pretty are always pretty consistent. Dak obviously going into his third year, but the first two years he's been pretty good. Uh, last year he had a down year. I think that is mostly in part due to Zeke being out for, I think it was six games towards the end of the year. So with Zeke coming back, I do see Dak stepping up again more. And um, I just expect Zeke to be one of the – maybe the MVP of the league this year. I think he has an insane year this year. He's going to be all pissed off after not being able to help Dallas make the playoffs last year. Um, He's definitely, in my eyes, the best running back. He can catch the ball and run, and he has the power to just run through pretty much anyone. I think the Cowboys have an opportunity to be one of the more profitable teams against the spread. And, you know, you look back at Dak and Zeke's rookie season where they had that amazing run. They won like 10 games in a row. They went 13-3. and And so their backers were making tons of money. And then last year, very disappointing, just 9-7, and seven, bad ATS record. So I think they're flying under the radar this year. People are sort of reluctant to back them because maybe they got burnt last year. Maybe they lost some units on them. But they still have one of the best offensive lines in football. And in my eyes, after the quarterback, that's the most important group um, if your team's going to cover a lot of spreads and win some games. So... Like I said, I don't have a strong opinion on this game, but I like the Cowboys. I'm going to be looking to back them this year. So, Boomer, do you have any picks on this game, and do you agree with my assessment on the Cowboys over the course of the season? Yeah, I've actually been really high on the Cowboys for the whole season. Uh, Mine's down to two and a half. I I won't touch the game just because it's somebody who I am actually think is going to have a good year but uh, I don't want to jinx myself in the first week because the Panthers have one of the best defensive lines there is, and the Cowboys are going to have to run Zeke a lot in this game or, or hit him out of the backfield with passes, I think, to win it because uh, I think the Panthers are shut down the running game a little bit, even though Zeke's pretty amazing. Uh, so, for me, I don't I don't think I can touch the game. I think if I did anything, I'd do the under uh, just because Dallas finally has a good defense too. Cam's not accurate, you know, Unders are probably pretty good in the NFL the first week just because nobody plays in the preseason. That's really just getting everything out there. Nobody actually runs their real offenses in the preseason. So you really, this is really the first of everything. So if I did anything, I'd probably do the under, but I probably won't touch that game at all uh, at two and a half. Yeah, I agree with your lean on the under. Let's move on to the Monday. Well, we've actually got two Monday night games this week. First one being Jets at the Lions, but first I want to cover, man, this one's juicy, the Rams at the Raiders, the debut of John Gruden. Boomer, I know you've got some opinions on your Raiders. <laughs> that I do. Uh, I actually, in my pick contest, have this game, and I'm taking the Rams for sure. Um, I personally think the Rams are going to, if their defense even plays a little bit, I think as good as they're supposed to, I think it could be the best defensive uh, group ever. Um, the Raiders – are just had a huge drama filled week with Matt getting traded. Uh, so their minds haven't been on football. Gruden is not even getting asked about football. He's getting asked about Mac trades. Um, they're going to be breaking out a new offense. Uh, both their running backs are kind of old. I think Martavis Bryant was going to be huge if he could have been on the team, but sounds like he's going to get a year long suspension because of weed again, because the guy's just not smart and can't quit. Uh, so I'm not positive who's going to fill that third role and be good, but I still think their passing game will be awesome. Carr's really good. Their line's still pretty good. I think Cooper and Nelson are going to have big years. Uh, Jared Cook at the tight end is a great safety blanket, but I just think opening week against that stout Rams offense and defense now, I just don't think Raiders will be able to hold their own. Uh, even though Raiders, I don't know if they do anymore, but uh, they had the best record ever on Monday Night Football 
uh, not too long ago. I don't know if it still holds, but it might still hold. But the Rams, I think, take it. Yeah, my pick also is the Rams minus four. Um, the Raiders obviously taking a huge hit with Khalil Mack officially gone. Their defense is may get run all over by Gurley and Jared Goff having his new weapons outside. Um, also, a, something I read up on in this game is Wade Phillips is the defensive coordinator for the Rams, and the three previous times that Carr, Derek Carr faced Wade Phillips when he was the Broncos' defensive uh, coordinator, uh, Carr, Matt, Carr threw only about five yards an attempt, and he was sacked 12 times. So Wade Phillips has something that some other defensive coordinators um, don't have about Derek Carr. So I'm expecting, especially with that defense that the Rams have, I'm expecting Wade Phillips to drop some plays that is going to affect Derek Carr's game overall. Yeah, I think this game gets at what we've been talking about all episode with you know the offenses and them being ready to go first couple of games of the year, not a lot of practice time in the offseason. And now we're seeing teams like the Rams under Sean McVay not show anything at all in the preseason. So I'm going to ask you guys, you know, how ready do you think the Rams are going to be offensively? I know probably all three of us expect them to be one of the elite teams um, on both sides of the ball. They're just loaded and all the offseason acquisitions they made. No matter how talented you are, don't you have to practice to be good? So if we think that that's the case, would that have us leaning towards taking Oakland with the points in what could be a lower-scoring game? Or, I don't know, do you guys think the Rams are going to be ready to go here? Yeah, I mean, I think Todd Gurley is going to be a very reliable um, running back for the Rams like he has been. Um, I don't see him having any hiccups going into the start of the season, which I think is going to help Jared Goff kind of get into the groove of things quickly. Um, When – if Gurley starts running wild, he'll be able to go into the play action much more and gives his receivers, uh, especially the new receivers, Brandon Cooks, uh, some time to get his routes down and really get open in the uh, down the field. Yeah, for me, I don't think preseason matters at all, um, unless you're really young and, and upcoming, because uh, they don't run any of their actual offense. Everything on the defensive side is vanilla. Uh, so you're not really learning anything besides getting the feel of the speed of the NFL because the talent-wise is so much different. Um, other than that, they're not never running schemes. I think it's smart to not put your starters out there. Uh, I guess we'll see if that's right. Uh, one thing I don't agree, it's kind of opposite. Uh, at the end of the year when people sit people to rest for the playoffs, I think that's a horrible idea. Uh, that mm. never seems to work out. So it's kind of an opposite thing because then you have things flowing and then you're kind of stopping the flow of everything. And this way there's nothing flowing. Uh, the, the preseason doesn't really matter, so nobody takes it too serious. I think with the practice and the joint practices they do with other teams uh, gets them into the game shape or game flow. So I don't think it matters. I think the Rams come out hot. I think they take it to the, to the Raiders' terrible secondary and uh, light up the scoreboard. I think you make a good point about teams being teams having different mindsets. So, you know, we've seen year after year a team like the Cleveland Browns, allegedly up and coming, they're going balls to the wall. They're winning four games. They're going 3-1, and 4-0, and 3-1, and one, and seemingly, you know, each of their past three off-seasons. But if you're a team like the Rams, you know, you make the playoffs last year, you're supposed to win 12, 13 games this year. Why the hell do you care about the preseason? You're you're just trying to yep. stay healthy and get your guys in shape. So I think that's a good point. How about the Cleo Mack situation? You know, beyond the Raiders not having his talents rushing the passer, does this show the team that they're not all in on the season? Does it show them that they're more of a rebuilding mode with John Gruden on a 10-year deal? Or does it have no impact at all? Uh, I think it has a little impact. Uh only because, you know, Derek Carr and him were really good friends. I actually kind of think that, not joking, I think Khalil Mack might even kind of regret his decision of not showing up to camp or working on a contract because he didn't even look that happy at the Bears presser, to be honest, uh, that he, you know, holding up. Even though he got paid, sometimes it's more than just getting paid. Uh, and I think he's going to find that out this year. 
Um, but I, I don't think it's going to hurt the Raiders that bad. It, it is true as well that if they would have paid them all that money, having two two players paid that high is like 20 to 25% of the cap. Um, the Raiders can't afford to do that with how bad their defense is. Their offense is great, so they're not worried. But you can never build a good defense with that much gone already. I mean, they don't have any middle linebackers. Their corners are really young. We're not sure if they're going to pan out yet. Their safeties are okay. Reggie Nelson's aging hardcore. Uh, so he might only have like one or two years left. So they're going to have to do a lot to that defense. Uh, we'll see if the, the risk they took on Arden Key and Maurice Hurst pay out in the draft. Uh, they said they've looked good. And so hope, hopefully it does. Uh, Bruce Server is going to have to have a big year. Um, but offensively, I don't think it'll affect them. Uh, I think it might have to make people be held accountable more on the defensive side and knowing that Max is not always going to bail them out. Maybe it'll work. Maybe it won't. I just think long-term it's a bad spot on the Raiders franchise. I'm going to put my tinfoil hat on again. John Gruden, <laughs> you know, he, he sees the writers. He sees people on ESPN and on Undisputed criticizing 10-year deal, $100 million guaranteed. I think that's the biggest contract in – NFL history for a coach, if I'm not mistaken, but yeah, I, so. I think trading, I think trading your best player and your potentially most expensive defensive player, again, you're, you're pointing everyone in the direction of the future. You're saying, Hey, we want draft picks. We're not there yet. We're going to be building for the future. I think that gives you a little bit of cover if you don't reach your potential this year, but I want to move to the other th- uh, Monday night game jets at the lions. Lions are minus six and a half at home, minus seven at some books. So that's a key number you want to shop around for. 45 the total. Jared, why don't you start us off and give us your thoughts on this game? Of course, um, Sam Darnold, big news. He's going to be starting for the Jets. So why don't you why don't you break it down? Yeah, so I'm definitely a little nervous with Darnold starting. Um, like I said in the previous podcast, I really wanted Bridgewater to still be here and start the first few games and see where that can go. I do think Donald's potential is unbelievable, and maybe the uh, I think the potential is the best out of the rookie QB class. Um, I don't know. I think seven is a pretty good line to take the Jets at. I think their defense is going to be pretty good this year. They picked up Tremaine Johnson and uh, Avery Williamson as a linebacker. Um, they also got Nathan Shepard from um, – the draft he's going to be the right defensive end so they have a pretty good defense coming into the year uh jamal adams obviously being back he was a rookie standout last year him and marcus may paired together were doing really well but what i think is going to really hurt darnold in the first few games is jermaine curse is likely going to be out this first game he was going to be a nice safety blanket for darnold um he's one of the most he is the most reliable receiver on the jets uh, with the most experience, and the Jets really don't have any solidified tight end. And as a rookie QB, I think you really need a you um, you really need a checkdown, a good checkdown option um, when you're um, surveying the field to see if anyone's open, and then be able to hit that target. You don't want to have too many incompletions or tight windows to throw into as a rookie. They also uh, Bilal Powell and Isaiah Crowell seem to be like they're going to be splitting the carries. Neither of them are obviously outstanding running backs. They're kind of just average running backs that are paired together. Um, I do expect Donald to have a pretty good game, but like I said, without curse, uh, I'm a little nervous that some of the throws he's going to have to make are going to be pretty, are going to be into some serious coverage. I don't have, I don't have a strong lean on this game. Um, I've already got my five picks for the contest. Um, but one of the things I like to do is, uh, you know, look at the football outsider rankings, uh, projections for the season, and they're projecting Detroit to have the 30th ranked defense, bottom of the league. That's not good. And then fitting with my theme of new coaches, new quarterbacks, fading them in the first month of the season, obviously Matt Patricia coming over to the lions from the Patriots. Um, preseason hasn't looked that good for the lions. And some of the articles that I'm seeing in the local press is that their offense just isn't clicking yet and they don't have a lot of playmakers. I think Matt Stafford is an underrated quarterback. I know a lot of people like to clown on him. And I think the Lions 
have a good chance of going over their seven and a half win total, season win total. But again, early in the season, laying laying a touchdown in the first week of the season, I, there's no way I can take Detroit here. For me, it would be the Jets or pass on the game, and I'm probably going to pass on the game. Yeah, for me, uh, pretty much all I'm going to do is crack open a beer and watch and the a beer. game because it's going to be a disaster uh, because I think both teams are actually – you said you think that Lions – I think the Lions are going to be terrible. I think the Jets, I think Darnold's actually going to look really good. They just don't have anybody around him. Like, they got so much work to do on that receiving core, running backs. Their defense is good, don't get me wrong. Um but they really need to get people around Darnold for sure. Like you said, there's no safety blanket in the tight end for him. I think the game's going to be a disaster. I think it's going to be an embarrassment. I I can't believe that they're actually making that the first game because it's going to be surprising if, how many people stick around for the Rams Raiders afterwards. Uh, but I, I, I wouldn't touch that game. I have no idea how it's going to go. Um, so I, I just, I just can't do it. I, I, it's going to be even – I have a feeling it's going to be a hard watch, personally. But people are going to want to watch it because Sam Darnold, they want to see what he's made of. Right, you convinced me. I'm taking the under. Taking under 45. <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense. I love fading rookie quarterbacks. Uh, Jets are devoid of playmakers. Detroit, similar story. This might be an impulse play. I love the under 45. Talk me off the ledge. Yeah, neither <laughs> team really has any wide receiver options. Um, the Jets uh, just have Robbie Anderson and Quincy Anunwa and Terrell Pryor, but neither, none of them really are going to be a security for Sam Darnold. Robbie Anderson kind of just streaks down the field, gets open, he and he has a lot of off-field issues. Um, Quincy Anunwa obviously missed last year. He had a something wrong with his neck, and Terrell Pryor had a horrible year with Washington last year. So neither of those three are really going to be reliable for him in the first game, in my opinion. The only one that was going to be there was Curse, and he is likely going to be out with a hamstring issue. So, like you said, this game might be like a crapshoot. You never really know. It could go one way or the other. But if I had a pick, I would definitely go Jets plus seven. Um, one game I wanted to ask you guys about, uh, just because of the interest alone, uh, and then we'll – after this, we can get into uh, our top five or our five picks for the contest, uh, just so every week everybody knows exactly what they are, even though we've talked about it a little bit, but just kind of go through our five. Um, but for me, there's actually two interesting games, but one of them is uh, Niners-Vikings, because people, you know, Jimmy G's undefeated, people are really high on him until he does that stupid thing with going out with the porn star in public. But they're almost a touchdown dog to the Vikings, who have a new quarterback, uh, lost their offensive coordinator. Jimmy G is back, so another year under the system. Uh, what do you guys think of that line? I, I find it really interesting. Uh, I just kind of want to know what your guys' takes were on it. I'm glad you mentioned – this is one of my picks in the contest, so uh, we'll run we'll, we'll run down all five of them later. I, I think this line is giving way too much respect to San Francisco. I know that there's a lot of hype for Jimmy G and the guy hasn't lost a game in the NFL yet, but that team only won one game without him, And they're still without a lot of playmakers on offense. And that defense is like Swiss cheese. On the other hand, Minnesota could easily be in the Super Bowl if not for a freak play in the playoffs. They've got a loaded defense. They've got an elite coach in Mike Zimmer. And now they've got an upgrade at quarterback with Kirk Cousins. I think Minnesota can definitely cover it's six and a half at um, excuse me. It's, it's minus six um, in most spots. So I think they can definitely win by at least a touchdown. And so, yeah, that's my, that's my main point is I think San Francisco is way overvalued here. Yeah, I agree. I think Minnesota's defense is obviously one of the best in the league. I think uh, San Fran uh, McKinnon just got ruled out. He tore his ACL. He's out for the year. Um, so their running backs are not great. And Minnesota's defense, they got Sheldon Richardson, re-signed a few players. Uh, I don't expect them to have a layoff this year on defense. I, last year, I'm not sure if Jimmy G faced a defense this good in his, I think it was five or six games that he played for San Fran. Played so Jacksonville. I, played Jacksonville. Yeah, that, that was a yeah. shootout that game, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and then – 
So I think Minnesota could really be a wake-up call for San Fran, and many te- many people are going to see that San Fran is definitely not ready yet, even though people are really high on Jimmy G. Yeah, I, I agree. This this is a whole season where people have film on Jimmy G now. Last year, nobody had any. Uh, and most of the teams he was playing down the stretch were already almost playoff bound already, so they weren't too focused on game planning for Jimmy G. Now you have a whole season to game plan on him. Uh, <clears throat> The Vikings do lose their offensive coordinator, uh, but I think they get a better quarterback in Kirk Cousins. Uh, six and a half on my side, that's still a lot of points, uh, especially in the NFL, but I think that the Vikings would will end up winning by a touchdown. I just think that this, it's a whole offseason to uh, plan for the guy, and I think that hurts him a little bit. Um, I Real quick, we'll just do this really quick. Uh, what do you guys think? I love the Texans plus six against the Patriots. I don't know what you guys think. Uh, go ahead and give me your thoughts real quick. What what you think of that? It's hard for me to bet against New England. They cover 10, 11, 12 point spreads every single year. I'm not betting this game. I would have to lean New England just on principle alone. I hate I hate betting against Bill Belichick. Yeah. Um I'm kind of, I'm not definitely not betting this game. Betting against Bill Belichick early in the season is tough. He um, is a mastermind in the league, if not the best ever. Um, I am pretty high on Houston this year, though. I, that was my pick for uh, a long shot to win the Super Bowl. But I think it may take some time for Deshaun Watson to get back from his uh, ACL injury. And I just don't see Houston coming out too strong against New England, especially in New England. Uh, I would definitely stick away from that game, but I can't bet against New England early on. Uh, I'm the opposite of you guys. Two of the last three years, Patriots have gotten actually beat outright in opening kickoff games. Uh, Me, I think the Texans are going to be really good. I think the Patriots are still going to be good because they always are, but I think they're down. Their defense didn't really get any better. I think the Texans could be really good this year. Six is a lot. It has gotten all the way up to six and a half a couple times. I'm hoping it goes up some more. I love the Texans. Last year, the Chiefs just outed the Patriots in the first game. I think the Texans can do it again this year. Uh, usually, for some reason, the first game of the year, they don't cover. I don't know what it is about. And then they just start lighting it up. Uh, so, for me, I love the Texans. Um, but uh, before we uh, started, I was talking to you guys about the noises and stuff like that. What do you guys think for when we're about to do our, our picks every time we play this little noise that kind of uh, gets everybody into it? <laughs> I think that kind of lets everybody know we're serious. It is now game time, and we're going to give out our five of, of picks of that are in the comp, competition that we're all doing. Um, so go ahead, uh, Jared, if you want to start with your five, and uh, go ahead and yeah. write them or tell, tell us what you got. My five were I had the Rams minus four. Um, like I said earlier, I think that the Rams are just – the Raiders are just not there yet. Uh, the Rams are going to blow by them. I believe that offense is too powerful. My favorite pick of the week might be a shocking one. I have the Chiefs plus three and a half at the Chargers. Um, the Chargers, even though they're home, it's not really a home game. Last year, I'd say three fourths of the people at uh, the fans at the stadium was for the opposing team. I also think the hype on Mahomes is real. He's going to show off this game. Um, I think the addition of Sammy Watkins is going to open up um, the field for Tyreek Hill to hit some more go routes down the field. And that offense, I think, is just really powerful with Mahomes, Kareem Hunt, Hill, um, Travis Kelsey, and Watkins. So I I really like the Chiefs plus three and a half on the road. Um, I also like the Titans' money line at the Dolphins. Um, I do not think the Dolphins are anything special. Um, the Titans also signed Malcolm Butler on defense, and I think Corey Davis has a huge year as a wide receiver. I think this is his breakout year. He's a huge target for Mariota, and Mariota is definitely um, going into his fourth year. He's got something to prove. He's had some good years the past two years. I think he could uh, solidify himself into a top 12 to 15 QB this year. I also don't think – I think Amendola was a prospect of Tom Brady. I don't think he's going to help Tannehill at all. He might be a security blanket a little bit, but I don't think he's going to be much of a threat. 
Um, my other pick is the Colts' money line at minus 145. They're home against the Bengals. Um, Andy Dalton has really fallen fallen off the uh, bridge the past few years. Um, I think he regresses even more this year. A.J. Green has uh, isn't what he used to be. He's still a really good receiver, but he isn't that threat that um, makes people shake in their boots a little bit. And the return of Andrew Luck, I think, is going to be a special one. He's one of the smartest QBs, and I think he's been anxiously awaiting this moment for the past year. Um, he has something to prove to the entire NFL, and I think he goes off this game, especially at home. I think that crowd is going to be crazy for him, um, considering he was the franchise QB and still is. And then my other game is Minnesota, uh, minus six. I think they blow San Fran out of the out of the stadium and just prove that San Fran is nowhere near ready yet for the spotlight. And those are my five. <laughs> well, All right. well, I guess we Go should. Ahead, I think we should save the applause for next week, and then whoever <laughs> has the best record gets the applause, right? We can get well, some five no, and go. That's, that's what I'm four get there we go. <laughs> and then, and then, how about so the triple like we all like Minnesota. I think you need to play that red alert noise. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Okay. When we when we all agree on something, we'll we'll get that working right, for triple. that one. <laughs> Perfect. All right, my my five teams. We're still working out the sound effects, but it'll be good once we get there. All right, my five picks for the contest. I keep calling it the super contest, but I, I'm not I'm not it's cool enough to be in the real thing. one at the. At the Westgate, yeah, the cash prize is a little smaller, but how good we would have done. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All right, so in the contest, the weekly contest, I got Atlanta plus one and a half. I got Baltimore minus seven and a half. I got Pittsburgh minus three and a half. Cincinnati plus two and a half, and Minnesota laying six and a half. Those are my five picks. <laughs> And for me, five and zero. Mark it down. <laughs> what what it is is it's bettheboard.net is a competition we are in. Um, for me, I I have some that uh, I actually agree with what Jared had. So I have Atlanta locked in at I think on their plus two and a half. So I took so I already right off the gates on Thursday I got one going. Um, my next game is Tennessee at Miami. They're minus one and a half. So I got them minus one and a half in the pick them. Uh, then I have Washington plus one at the Cardinals. As I said earlier, uh, I think that is a surefire win right there. Uh, then my next one will be Seattle plus three at Denver. And last but not least, going off Monday night for a perfect five and zero oh, will be the Rams taking down the Raiders minus four. Um, other than that, I don't, I don't, uh, do you guys have anything else you want to put out there? This is the sound that Cam was talking about. <laughs> that one, when we all agree, that will start coming across the screen. And if somebody's on fire, guess what you got to do? You got to call the. <laughs> <laughs> so we'll get some of those going once the games kick off. Can't wait. Can't wait. I agree. Um, other than that, Jared, you got anything else you left? No, just looking forward to a hopefully unreal first week of the NFL. And who knows, maybe college will bring something this week, but the NFL is going to take the cake for me this weekend. Yeah, I agree. College could be a letdown besides the fact that I am going to the Iowa State game. Um, one thing, one trend I am going against that I usually love a lot is home dogs. I usually love home dogs, but I picked against some of them today as we talked. Uh, but I, w- the only one I actually really like home dog is the Giants against the Jaguars. One of them home dogs is going to cover. Um, hopefully it's not any of the ones I bet against. Uh, next weekend, I will be at the Cowboys versus the Giants. So we're going to be having all kinds of uh, stuff going on here coming up to uh, talk about NFL style. Get to see Jerry's world, see what that's all about. Uh, but other than that, if you uh, want to find out more about us, you can go on Twitter and find us. Uh, you can find Jarrett at R-I-E-G-Z-P-S-E. I think that's Reeves P-S-E. Uh, or at Cameron Covers. 
And you can find me at Live with Boomer. If you want to check out some of our blogs and some of the other stuff we do, I do a continuing top 25 each week for college football. Uh, that's at ProSportsExtra.com. I know uh, that Cam's already written some articles on there as well. And so is Jared. Um, so go check it out. Hopefully we get more stuff going on here. Uh, like some of uh, our other things, we got some shirts for different podcasts. Uh, my 30-minute timeout podcast on Monday. Trevor's podcast. Hopefully sooner or later we can get something designed. We have somewhat a design for this show that we can put out uh, here pretty soon that Jared's been working on. Not sure which one we're going to go with yet, uh, but hopefully you all take our advice and you this weekend. That's all we got for you. Have a good one, fellas.